There is a candle in every soul. You're listening to Lit Speak with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Some dark There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his own. Morning and welcome. Here we praise the truth in God's creation through the ideas inspired by human imagination. During this hour, we hope to ignite your candle, that you may use it to brighten the darkest corners in your world. Good morning again and welcome to Literally Speaking right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. As you join us on our journey, we invite you to listen for an idea that will inspire you to tap into your imagination. Today is Tuesday, June 30th, and can we believe it marks the halfway point of another year? It's almost over. Yes, yes, (laughs) and we are celebrating this halfway point. Point with a very special show today. We are proud to present our first ever in-studio interview. Yes, that's right. First yes, first it, person yes, ever be is. in the studio. Yes, those <laughs> those who have been with us throughout our broadcast know that we were supposed to have Jimmy Jack Whitaker from Nashville, Tennessee on the 9th of June and things went awry with our cell phone connection and it just didn't work out. So you had to put up with Derek and I <laughs> talking to each other. We made up a lot of things about you, Jimmy. Jack. We, we did. We should have had you listen to that show oh. before you ever came over here this morning, Jimmy Jack. But we're so proud and excited to have Jimmy Jack with us. First, let me just mention where uh, I can be found, if anybody wants to find me, that is. I do have a website, and it is patty, P-A-T-T-I, Sheen, S-H-E-N-E dot com. I also have a Facebook page. Oh, I have a my mobile, mobile page. page. I keep forgetting to mention yeah. my mobile website. Mobile and, and that can be found at m.litspeak, m is in mobile, .litspeak.com. And then I have my Facebook page, and I can be found at Literally Speaking on Facebook. And then there is the ever-present Twitter, Twitter. and I am Patty Sheen on Twitter. And yes. I think I hit the 1350 mark the other day on Did Twitter, you? so I'm getting up there. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. Surely. Yeah. Tweeting away. Yep, yep. So let me introduce our special guest today, Jimmy Jack. Over the past several decades, music artist, producer, and songwriter Jimmy Jack Whitaker has performed with famous artists across a variety of music genres and won numerous awards. He entertains prisoners veterans at churches and Christian biker events and through his music he speaks to an audience that encompasses kids to seniors and those in between. Despite his mastery of a number of different instruments and his engaging singing voice, Jimmy Jack's true passion is songwriting. Since 1997, this gifted songwriter has studied and worked closely with his friend and mentor multi-Grammy winner Gary Paxton. From Nashville, Tennessee, Right here in La Junta, Colorado, we welcome Jimmy Jack Whitaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo-hoo. Let's clap. Yay! 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 
<laughs> I won't say y'all but four or five times. <laughs> we we did want to mention this morning, we don't usually do this, but since we do have such a special guest this morning, if anyone would like to call in, our number is one eight seven seven six nine four five six one five. And I believe that's also listed right there on the on the Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, it's right. It's right on the Blog yeah. Talk Radio yeah. screen. Yeah. So uh, we we would welcome any call-ins this morning. So Jim, why don't you start out by telling us what part mu- music played in your young childhood? Oh gosh, I've been classical music since the third grade. I started out on violin. It was because a real pretty girl named Carol Young was in there. <laughs> and I was in the third grade course. At the third grade, you don't think about. It romance you just wow she's pretty so I, <laughs> I i wanted to play violin and i'm the one that stuck with out of all of us you know and so i just uh, i started then i was all state a couple of years in high school i was always battling sports because i was always big and strong and in weights and so i went to college and played college football and, and i was in the orchestra too playing violin and upright bass and but all my life i've been in music it seems like i just it's part of me so Many young people start out in music, but at what point did you realize that it would definitely be that it would be a defining factor in your life that this is what you were going to pursue? It's going to be kind of funny, but I knew it when I first started. Uh, Nobody in my family played anything. My brother played a different instrument every week because I was playing, and he said that gets more girls. So I said, "Well, I don't know. You know, I I don't violin gets more girls at that age or not, but." But uh, then I started playing guitar about 13. Uh, but I, I can say even whenever I was young, I was considered a protege. So so I was always playing up. And uh, I thought, you know, I can I can do this. problem was sports kept getting in the way. And I kept a breaking a bone here or there. <laughs> and I broke my jaw and I couldn't play. And I was in college and, and I broke my shoulder and I couldn't play. And that was, I had surgery on it in college. And then finally I decided I was tired of hurting and music wasn't near as painful. And so, <laughs> so I just started going full time. But I was, I was always in a band, even in junior high school, a rock band or something. I wasn't country. I didn't go country till years later, but, but, uh, I've always loved country, but I just, it was cool to be long haired and rock. Out of oh, Texas, sure. Oklahoma. So, so that's what I did. And, and, uh, but I felt, I think it started real early. I think it started because I was, I never had stage fright. I'm zero stage fright. It, it just like from the time I was in third grade, give me something I want to stand in front of play, you know, and, and I did it. And I was always one of the top in the class. And then I, I always wanted to get better and better. I always felt like I had to practice three times harder than the guy next to me or girl next to me because I, I didn't have any, nobody in my family played anything. So I was just strictly on my own. Uh, but I think, but whenever I decided to play, when the Beatles came out, and I said that's what I want to do, and uh, but like I say, sports kept getting in the way because I was really pretty good in sports, and so and then the girls got in the way a couple of times, but <laughs> but other than you know, I, I think it started really really early, about fourth grade probably. Well, I was I had a question I was going to ask you, and it went right up. But anyway, I did, it. but 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 it did <laughs> work. Whenever I was in the fourth fifth grade, I got more chicks than all the other guys. Oh, of course you did. And I mean, well, these were chicks. They yeah. weren't girls. They, they weren't they even were girls yet. Girls. These were chicks. Oh, goodness. Well, that question just went out of my head, not going to come back to me. I, as you were speaking, I said, oh, I need to ask him this, and I can't even recall what it was. I will comment, though, that 
I never had much exposure to classical music as a child, but mm. when my kids were growing up, they mm. got to do piano lessons. Yeah. And actually, that's when I really started to appreciate well, I, a lot I wrote a of symphony when oh, I was 15. Oh, I know what I was going to ask I you. I wrote a symphony you, when I was 15. Do you so. play by ear or do you have to play by music? That's both. what I was going to ask. I play both. Okay. Um, uh, the, in Nashville, they go by the number system. So, so, but you pretty much, a lot of my friends that are play on the hits, we we've all played on hits, and uh, they don't know music, some of them, but boy, they can play anything you put in front of them if you got numbers. And that, so, so I, I was classically trained. So the hardest part on classically trained was going from classical violin to fiddle. I was uh, totally bo- different bow techniques and and. Uh, to get the feel of the fiddle, you didn't want to sound classical. Mm-hmm. So, so and vice versa. So, but I played on on uh, f- uh, four major albums before I was twenty in classical music with the symphonies. I was with Skitch Henderson. I did a deal with Skitch Henderson, Doc Severinsen, and uh, Guy Fraser Harrison. I played on two symphony things with him. And uh, but then the professional guitar, whatever it was. That got more chicks than to me than, 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 <laughs> than, than oh oh it, it was all about girls I'm telling you some all of a sudden the classical girls were cool they were sleek and modest and all or some of them were most of them the ones I knew <laughs> and and boy the whole rock and roll girls they just man so I went rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> You wanted to go where the action is. No, huh? no, in country, country. Then I went country. Eagles crossed me over into country when I started doing Eagles stuff. So I was, uh, and I learned to love all kinds of genres. I love blues, bluegrass. I play blue. I do. I've won bluegrass picking contests. Never dreamed whenever I was at fifteen or sixteen, I ever want to even listen to a bluegrass song, much less play it. <laughs> and so I, I got pretty adept on the guitar and laid my fiddle down. Probably I broke my finger. I was always athlete, athlete, and broke my finger fighting karate back when I was about 26, 27, and I couldn't hardly play my fiddle anymore. So I, I just kept it developing. Get didn't affect my guitar. So that's what I did. <laughs> Goodness, you've opened or performed, Jim, with some top performing artists in the industry, Willie Nelson, Charlie Daniels, or mm. a couple, and I'm sure you can name. Oh yeah, yeah. Least half Chris Christopherson. There you go. The list goes on. Yeah. Black Sabbath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Motley Crue. So the question that comes to my mind in view of that is, what sparked your interest in songwriting in particular? Songwriting was a was a thing that that uh, I, I got with Gary S. Paxton. I wrote a, a theme song to the American Farm Movement in 1978. And uh, I didn't really know much about songwriting because I wasn't around songwriters in Oklahoma, and uh, uh, not not big songwriters. And and so I, I met Gary S. Paxton, and uh, uh, in 1977, and he was of course he'd won Grammys and from Monster Mash to Alley Oop, clear that he was there all the time. And he had every genre. He told me learn all the genres you can. Don't get stuck on one because then it gives you more places to play. And so, so I, but Gary to this day is still my best friend. He's made me more money than anybody. He's got me more cuts than anyone. And uh, he's my mentor and, and uh, uh, he's my hero in music. And uh, he's just uh, still, whenever I have a question, I still call Gary. He's been sick lately, but he's he's my mentor. He lives in Branson now, but him and Vicki, his wife, Vicki, is just, they're my, I mean, they're my, strength and a lot of my music and 
but Gary Gary taught me taught me to write. I, I, I've written a lot of songs with him, and we've had a lot of cuts. And we've it just uh, songwriting was a way first to get that uh, whatever it is, aggression or love or whatever you want to get out. And then I realized, hey man, there's an art form to this. It's not just and and I, Gary taught me that songwriters are are uh, created; they're not born. Uh, now people are born with set levels of talent, but once I realized, you have to learn the form. Uh, that way, you, you keep having one song after another being cut. Otherwise, you may luck out and have a song, and then that'd be it. So he taught me the art form of counting syllables, art form of yeah, making sure everything balanced in the in the song. I, I've got a I've got a whole list of things that I've I've done uh, magazine articles on my own songwriting, and it's based a lot of it on Gary S. Paxton. So, take us through the process. You sit down and you write a song, whether it be on pen and paper or on a computer screen or whatever. Take us through the process from that song being nothing but words to what you call cutting a song? The process with me is almost different on every song. Uh, sometimes you get the uh, a melody going in your head. Other times you get an idea. Usually when I start out with a song title, the song title changes before I get to the end of it. Uh, everything is, is uh, every line with me, well, this is there's so many things to take, like making sure every line goes to the goes to the hook of the or the title of the song. Uh, every, a lot of people stray and they'll start out writing this great song, and by the end of it, you don't have a clue what they're talking about <laughs> at the at the title. And so, whenever I rewrite, I think the number one thing Gary taught me: every great song is a rewrite. Every great, you, you can get ideas, you can write down the bait, the bulk of the body of the song, but everything is a rewrite. You can always make it better, and and I, I'm not afraid to change. Change mm-hmm. even after I've cut a song, I'm thinking, why did I put that word, or why did I change that line? You know, and I, I don't hear it sometimes till after I do it. Sometimes it takes me five years to write a song. Sometimes I write one. I'm never quick because I, Gary taught me to to uh, be patient. Make it, it, there's a lot of great songs. The difference in a great song and a in a song that's just absolutely the best is a lot of times it's one word, one note. It can be mm-hmm. that one trigger that that trigger that that either triggers it off or triggers it on. So I think rewrite rewrite is the key. And so so I'll start out with an idea. Um, I'll, I'll just start writing my ideas down in, in song form, they start coming to me. Or sometimes I don't force anything. If it doesn't if it stops, I just put it back, put it in a folder, come back to it when when I feel it. Uh but I will whenever I finish a song, if it takes me a year, if it takes me a month, after I after I feel like it's done, music and the words usually come with me together. And uh the music the speed of the song, there's so much to it. How fast, how slow. Sometimes just just two two beats can make a difference in a song. The speed of a song, whether it's uh, seventy-seven or eighty-eight, you can it can make the difference in a great song or just a good song or a song that isn't very good. So, I, and I co-write with Gary. I learned to co-write. Co-write. Two heads are always better than one. I'll say red. You'll think book. I think color. 
Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. So it makes it – I love co-writing. But I like co-writing with people that know what they're talking about. I'll take a song. Say you had a part of a song. I would take part of that song and uh, uh, I, I would listen to that song. I'm thinking, okay, this this is what I would change that. Now, I won't do this unless it's a very, very pretty good song because I, don't, I just don't want to waste time for them or me if it's just a deal to do something. But uh, this year I was blessed to uh, – uh, in the gospel music uh, uh, thing was uh, I won Songwriter of the Year with against people who'd won Grammys and everything else. So, so it was uh, what an honor. You know, I'm thinking I never won a Grammy, and but I've written with a lot of Grammy winners. Mm-hmm. But, sure. But uh, I, when when you win something like that, there's some places I get nominated. I've won Songwriter of the Year several times in different places, and it's cool. But when you're in there with the with the people who are the top, and you get nominated by your peers, it's not a fan base; it's a the peer base, and get a standing ovation when you go up and get your award. And these guys have all had number one big number one songs. I've never gotten rich. I've had <laughs> I've had five number one gospel songs, and I've had several. But uh, the process is is. A blast to me. It's just you learn everything you learn is is something that you can apply later, you know. And so I listen to everybody, even people who aren't real good songwriters. A lot of times have great ideas, and but they just don't know how to. They think they got it done, and it's not even close to done. But mm-hmm. the idea is superior. And in this day and age, it's hard to make it in anything because they're so saturated. Oh yes, you have to yes. know somebody. So that's. That's pretty much what I do. I start with an idea, get a the hook is everything, uh, and and I teach I teach songwriting. I do seminars out across the country, and one of the very first thing I ask them, I say, do you know the most important part of a song? And I'll just ask you guys, you know the most important part of a song? The end. The end. <laughs> I don't know about the end, but there's just got to be that one little phrase or something. Okay, hook, whether whether hook. it's a phrase or a, a melody well, bar that just sticks what, in your mind. What, the reason I ask people this again because again. whenever I ask people this, it, whenever I'm doing a seminar, say there's 30 people out there, and me and a couple other guys do it, and you ask them that, and they'll say, you'll tell them what the answer is. Oh, I knew that. No, <laughs> that's why I always ask them to give me an answer. That way I know they didn't know that. Mm-hmm. The most important part of a song are the first two lines. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't hook the audience, you don't hook the producer, you don't hook the engine, the first two lines have to capture them. I've changed songs because nothing was as strong as my hook. So I wanted to put that the first of the song. So you want to grab them at the very first. Uh, if, whenever you listen to my stuff, first two lines have to be the strongest part of the song, or as strong as any part of the song, I should say. So that's that's the very first thing I tell people. If you can't grab them at the first, you're going to lose them in the middle or the end. So that's but that's that's where we go. And then I I I, I uh, it's according to who you want to pitch it to. Who you want to pitch it to? To uh, um, where, then then you go in the studio and put a little demo down. It don't, uh, a lot of them go by really good demos. If you don't have a if you haven't put time and effort into your demo, they won't even listen to the first line. Mm-hmm. They want the, and now others they just want a piano, guitar, or, or vocal, or 
they they don't want all that stuff. Uh, it's just you have to find out who's listening for what and what they. If some of them don't. Some artists don't hear the overall production unless you put it down for them, and others just want they they got their own production in their head. So songwriting is is my I'm a songwriter before I am anything. Jimmy Jack, I love what you have said these past few minutes, and the reason is because here on Literally Speaking, we put a lot of emphasis, and Derek will tell you we've had a lot of authors on the show because that's the people that I basically know, that I have made contact with for the show, and I'm a writer myself. And so many things that you said just now dovetail perfectly with what we have talked about in writing as far as the hook and the need to edit and re-edit and re-edit again. Don't ever, you look, can't do that enough. And look at every single word and be sure that it relates back to the premise of that. So I just love what you said because I could just... <laughs> That's uh, just a tip of In my mind, story. all these thoughts were running through mm-hmm. that, wow, he's he's saying just exactly what we, as writers, emphasize. Well, you got to grab them right writers. first. It's not the mm-hmm. end. If you don't grab... It's like a radio program. If you don't grab them right at the first... They're going to turn you off and go somewhere else. Yeah. And everything's that way. You have to capture, whether it's a movie, no matter what it is, you have to capture them at first. That's why some movies don't make it that are really great. It takes 30, 45 minutes to get into it. And then all of a sudden, man, that's a good movie. But most people turned it off before they got to the good part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just have a few minutes before break, Jimmy Jack, but I wanted to ask you, when did your – Career. When did the Christian songwriting and singing become all important to you? How much of a part did your faith play in your life earlier on, and did it develop later in life, or was it something that was always with you? Well, I was always I was raised in a home in Oklahoma, Texas. I got I got in trouble in Texas whenever I was in Dallas. I got arrested a few times for fighting, and and. Uh, I was in eighth grade, and I was defending myself. I, the people, guys, would steal my money, and so I got expelled a couple of times. Oh my! <laughs> I was a good student, but I still got in trouble. <laughs> and and uh, but I was always considered musically and sports wise, especially musically, uh, top of the class, and and, uh, and and that was in the big school. So, but whenever I got in trouble that last time. My mom married a farmer and moved to Oklahoma 15 miles. I went across the street to 1,000 kids in my class in Dallas to to 40 and or less <laughs> and, and lived 15 miles out in the country with the cows and the cactus and the horses and stuff. And so it was a culture shock for me. But but uh, And there wasn't any violins or upright bass or anything out there. And I just um, – uh, I, I knew I – th- I think uh, – I don't know. That, that, that's a hard question to answer for me, <laughs> because the the my life changed so drastically. I knew it just uh, I just kept a pushing, you know. And I was all I was all state two years in orchestra, and um, and uh, I had encouragement from my teachers. Uh, everybody, I was considered a protege, but but whenever I went to, uh, I, I never thought about gospel music. I played it and I knew it. But and I remember coming in from a rock, and I never did drink or smoke or do drugs. I chased a lot of girls, <laughs> and and uh, but 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 most of the girls were high during that time, out of my era, and mm-hmm. so I, I especially out of, I went back to Texas, but I started doing gospel music. I can almost remember when I did. I, I'm still not 
straight gospel music. And I, and I, the reason I'm not is because the Lord's opened up doors for me. I play in my book. I say I play anywhere, anytime, any place. I play anything within reason. And then before I leave, they know where I'm at spiritually. And um, so the Lord didn't take that away from me. And and so I've been. I've got a, in my book. I have a. Um, a quote from a girl, and you have to read it. It's a whenever I was playing at a casino, and this was just last year, and she sent me a thing. And if you read it, it just answered everything. She said it better than I've ever been able to say it about her being at the right place, the right time, and she got her life back right with the Lord and everything. And that I was a pillar, and I'm thinking, man, I'm the worst thing she could have as a pillar. But <laughs> but 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 it just and she was a young black girl. She's been divorced. Well, to me, she was young. She'd been divorced 30 years. I mean, been married 30 years, but divorced and her kids disowned. Or whatever happened, she, it's all in the, uh, it's all in the book. It's and, in that and, book because I've yeah, read yeah, that, yeah. And it's just a little clip. And and uh, but I saw then, man, because uh, sometimes you wonder why am I doing Desperado? I, I was doing Desperado Biker Church down in Fort Worth, Texas, or Granbury, Texas, and uh, right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it, this guy runs down with this deal and lays his, his uh, uh, vest on the. Uh, so I got to be baptized right now in the middle of Desperado in a church. And they asked me to play it because it's a biker church. And we went out and had him baptized. I came back and finished the song. Wow. And so we stopped church. Went. He wanted to be baptized right there. He didn't want to wait. And of course, bikers are kind of that way. You know, I got to do it now. So anyway, but. Things like that, you know, and that was a secular song, and uh, so you never know, you never know what your who your audience is. You never know who's listening to you. Uh, but 1983, 82, when I came back back from California, I was out there for four and a half years in a band. I learned then that I, I knew then I was, I was, uh, I, I listened to. Uh, uh, a green Keith Green, and I said, and he had just got killed, and so I went down to Lindale, Texas, and I found some friends. And I, and I'd already been friends with with Gary S. Paxton. He's a super strong Christian. He's Christian before he is anything, but it didn't didn't really take before I went to California. When I got back in California, I went and I stayed with lived with Gary, and uh, just learned 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 lived in the streets. We go in the streets, and it just meant more. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's time for us to go to our break, and let me announce to our listeners that, uh, first of all, Jimmy Jack can be found on the web uh, at his website, which is www.jimmyjackwhitaker. Last name is spelled W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R.com, Jimmy Jack Whitaker, all one word. And his Facebook page, he can also be found at Jimmy Jack Whitaker. So I encourage folks to connect with with jimmy jack at those places he's got some wonderful wonderful photographs on his website and and some other things that i'm sure our listeners would enjoy you are listening to literally speaking right here on blog talk radio as we go to break we're going to listen to one of jimmy jack's songs entitled one of my favorites entitled called stay with us Call me crazy 
leaving my family Traveling up and down these lonely roads They call me foolish, unsuccessful Motel rooms They don't know I'm called By the master To go out And reach The lost To heal the wounded heart And set the captives free can call me anything at all They just don't know I'm called They called him a carpenter a lowly Nazarene just another man In the name of God They took him to a hillside Nailed him to a tree The sign upon his cross read King of the Jews They didn't know He was called by the Master
Welcome back to Lit Speak with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, we're glad to have you right back here with us on Lit Speak here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Travel Internet Ministries. As we always do when we return from our break, we're going to announce the winner of our giveaway from last week. Last week we had a young lady by the name of Tracy Sockwriter who talked with us about homeschooling. And we offered the book The Way They Learn by Cynthia Ulrich Tobias. The winner of that book is... Didn't do your drum roll. Oh, I didn't do my drum roll. Come on, today. come on. Let's get the drum roll up there. <laughs> just a second. Let me do it. Let, i, I got to find my drum roll. I, I have to do my drum roll. That, Jimmy Jackie, I have I have a few privileges <laughs> here on the show. And, and one of the things that I, I do get to do is make up little clips, and that's all I get. I get like eight seconds. <laughs> so so here's my, there's my drum roll, and that's all I get, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, our winner is Jim from yes. Indiana. Yes, Nashville, Tennessee. You Nashville, happen to know t- Jim because that's actually right. Jim happens to be Derek's dad. That's right. Oh, he He's uh, actually Jim. our producer. Jim, oh. yeah, except he's not here on Tuesdays because he during goes the, out golfing. He during the summer, he, he has his golfing. So, oh, yeah. so See, that's why I but, have to do this stuff. That's why my drum roll is not <laughs> but, uh, He he yeah. had When he entered, he asked if, if he was allowed to enter. And I said, yes, you can enter, Jim. I said, it's it's Derek that random.org doesn't like. That's so, right. Yeah, Derek never wins. Random.org no. doesn't oh, like no. him. So. Never, <laughs> never, never. <Funny>. So <laughs> anyway, Jim, congratulations. And we will be offering a giveaway later in the show. But first, let's return to our discussion with Jimmy Jack. Jimmy Jack, you like to work with, or I should say you like to perform for veterans. In fact, you have a CD out called Thank God for the Amvets. Mm-hmm. You have a strong connection with General Tommy Franks. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that. General Tommy Franks is uh, the real deal. He came up from the ranks as a uh, private and became four-star general. And there's no, he's the only one that's ever done that. And uh, he was over the military, all over the Army for eight years. And I just, uh, he he's from Oklahoma, and uh, he bought my grandpa's land. My grandpa's in land running in 1898 or whatever it was and got got land in oklahoma and after they he moved away in the 40s then uh a man named farmer named jimmy ellis bought the land and uh then general tommy franks bought it and now it's that's where he has his place there in oklahoma and it was my grandpa's land oh how neat and so so there was a natural tie there Uh uh-huh and my mom's an author. She wrote a book and uh, and talks about that land where my grandpa lived. It's about my grandpa, and uh, it, it was just a, it was a natural tie. And so I do concerts with General Franks, and and uh, he's he's uh, just him and his wife are just phenomenal. And they have their museum there in in Hobart, Oklahoma, and uh, I'm, I've got my CDs. One of the two CDs that he has. Up in it, and oh. so it's just a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, veterans are real close to me. Yeah. I mean, my brother was wounded. I, I just, uh, just I'm out of that Vietnam era, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have a new song out, uh, Jimmy Jack, and it's called "When I Pray." And in fact, we're going to play it here in a minute. Just give us a quick little rundown of how that song came to be. When I pray, a friend of mine called me and and 
we were talking about a song. It's there in Nashville, a songwriter friend of mine, Ray Sublett. And Ray Sublett, he died like a year or so ago. And he had, but we had stayed together with, he was another one that sat under Gary S. Paxton. We stayed with Gary a lot. And we we were talking about, uh, there's a time when you when my youngest son almost died, the, the feelings came back on that. And I thought, and it took the Lord to, to heal my son. And, and, uh, when I pray was a part of a product out of that. And, and, uh, but Ray called me, we wanted to get together and write a song. And this was in 1984, I believe. I can't remember 83, 84, I believe. And we, we sat down and we rewrote the song and, and it was about I, my, my personal perspective was about my son, mm-hmm. uh, and how how there's a time when you pray and there's a time when you really pray. You know, thank you, Lord, for this food. Okay, that's cool. But then when it's down to life and death situation, there's nothing you won't do. And that when I pray is just I wanted to go through the phases of what I felt. And Ray was Ray was I mean we really co wrote the song. Ray was a great writer and one of my best friends and his wife Janet and their girls, we I, they're just some of my best friends there in Nashville. And uh, that's how that song came out. It was It was about what happens when we pray. I know it's a very powerful song because I've heard it. So, Derek, let's go ahead and spin that for our listeners.
very powerful song, Jimmy Jack. Thank you for doing that for us. Even though we're honored to have you here in our little town of La Junta, Colorado, Jimmy Jack, you are actually in the area <laughs> to do a performance. You did a performance last night at one of our local uh, prisons, the Correctional Corporation of America prison down there in Los Angeles. And I'm curious to know, how do prisoners react to your message? Well, it's different style. The, the good thing about La Junta, I mean, in Los Animas was uh, uh, a lot of those guys were already, they're, the, the, well, I'd say all of them, they were, they were a Christian group oh, okay. in, in the prison. A lot of times I go into cell block after cell block, and, and so I don't do just straight gospel music. I start out with sitting on Dock of the Bay and some of these oh, yes, some of these songs, you know, and I'll play favorites. them. I'll play them, and then... Then I go into Amazing Grace or whatever I want to play, and I have prison songs too. So, so it's just according here was really fun because I got to I got guys up singing and playing and oh, and, and, and uh, I, I was, yeah we had a blast. I mean I was supposed to go about an hour and a half I think I went what two and a half hours or something. But <laughs> but uh, as long as Chaplain David he stand he's he's the one that gets me going. There's my second year and they've already booking me for next year and. Uh, it's just uh, I, I do about ten prisons a year, and I pay my own way, and, and I don't get paid anything. And so I just do what I do, you know, and go in the streets, prisons. I found one thing is uh, a prison when they're in prison, they're bikers, street people, are the homeless, and uh, veterans. They all kind of lock in a lot of them, and they're all the same person sometimes. And so that's it's all tied in together. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy Jack, I have to tell you, there is a certain portion of the show that is Derek's favorite portion. And the reason is, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold. He, he created this special little jingle to announce our giveaway. Oh, you being a songwriter, I would love your honest assessment of All right, this here songwriting uh, uh, this venture. Is, this, come, this Kurt, come on, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'll turn this on so Jimmy. Yeah, okay. It's time for Let's Speak Literary Steal of the Week. That was, Are uh, you overwhelmed? But but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jimmy Jack. You got it. You got to admit. At the beginning, those first two lines, it hooked you, didn't it? You I were, didn't hear them. Oh, you didn't. You didn't. You oh, didn't you hear, couldn't hear. Oh, he it? couldn't hear it on the. Uh, that's right. He I just heard something. Ooh. Oh, that's too bad. That's well, lucky me. I'll, hey, I'll, I'll tell you, I loved it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> A political. Go. This is my political side. I loved it. There you go, right there. <laughs> we're we're going to do, That's you know, the best way. I don't right know if there. you're familiar with Twitter, but on Twitter they have the hashtags with the trending. Yeah. I'm going to start one, and I'm no, going to say, come on, man. save the jingle and see how many people respond. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I've I'm, I'm, keep, I'm keeping the jingle. I'm I've keeping, a lot of jingles. Yeah, I'm keeping the jingle. <laughs> Gregory, 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 <laughs> Gregory Pest Control. <laughs> That's 35 years ago. Oh, Lord. Anyway. What are we giving away? We are giving away a copy of Jimmy Jack's book, which is there. This this one is different from the one that's on our. There should be a picture of it up there. Yeah, I think we have it on there real quick. It's called Life on the Road. Mm -hmm. 
and I love this book. I bought a copy when I was when you performed at our church mm-hmm. here back in April. And it has pretty much it's kind of a pictorial synopsis of your life. Right. With mm-hmm. some Starts out when I was little and shows yeah. pictures whenever I was on violin and my, yeah. whenever I was young, thin and good looking, whenever I was on stage. <laughs> it goes right on through the history. Yeah. Yes, and, and it shows Jimmy Jack with several of the celebrities that we mentioned. And Charlie Daniels. People Charlie all Daniels ask me this a lot. Who is the most spiritual, neatest guy you worked with, ever been around, that's a star? Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels. Really? Oh, he'll pray for you in a, heart of, in a heartbeat. It's in there. I've got a mm-hmm. picture. I'm praying for one of my buddies in Rockford, Illinois. And uh, his wife, Trudy, had terminal cancer. And, that was three years ago, and she's still alive now. And they were in hospice. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, but he just took the cell phone, got on the phone, took his big old hat off, and that's what the picture is in the book. And he's praying for for Trudy on the on the cell phone oh, while I'm sitting across. And I just kind of nonchalantly took a couple of pictures. Yeah, I didn't want to make a big issue out of it. Well, let yeah. me tell folks real quick how they sign up for the giveaway. Go to my website, which is www.pattysheen.com. There is a Blog Talk Radio tab there, and there is a page that is entitled Let's Speak Literal Steel of the Week. Mm-hmm. And I just activated it this second. So <laughs> it's up there. And you just go to the very bottom of the page and leave a comment, and you can put anything on your comment like, uh, I want to win. Pick me. <laughs> I love Whatever. Jimmy. I love there, Jimmy Jack. I love Jimmy oh, Jack. Yeah. Yes. There there are three uh fields that you do have to fill in though when you uh access the comment tab and that is uh your name, which can be your first name is fine. Uh location once again can be very generic and general and email is the one field that I absolutely have to have because it's the only way that I can contact you to let you know that you won our our uh, giveaway for the mm-hmm. week. So please be sure to sign up for that. Jimmy Jack, in addition to being a singer and a songwriter, you're also a producer. Yep. Tell us about your latest project. The latest project is Cassidy Taylor. And she's, uh, I was doing a little jam, street jam in my hometown and I had last summer. And this young girl came up to me. We just started talking and. Her grand, her great granddaddy was my banker. <laughs> whenever I was in high school, and uh, so we just started talking, and she uh, uh, said she wanted to uh, record an album, and I said, well, and so I got with her parents, met with them, and we had it set up, and went and did her first album, and it's phenomenal. But the second one, we just got out of the studio. The second one, we're still working on the covers and everything, and uh, she's a real strong Christian girl. It's not all gospel music a lot of it is but uh she's contemporary it's really fun to do something that it, it stretches me because of the it's different style of music some of it now some of it's standard mm-hmm. uh but uh the the four or five pop songs on there are that really stretch me and mark mosley who's a, a fantastic producer and Nashville and and our uh, and I got it with Gary Paxton, Gary S. Paxton, and we kind of the three of us kind of co-produced it, and uh, uh, I pulled them in because I wanted this to be really really special. And I uh, Cassidy is it was freshman at OU this year, and she just got back from Bolivia on a mission trip, and uh, she goes on she's getting ready to go to Scotland the, the end of or sometime in the summer, 
and she's just a great, great kid, beautiful girl. Sometimes she's she's meaner than a snake. I said that and she hears this. And no, she's, she don't have a mean bone in her body, I don't think. No, I had to say that. Sorry, Cassidy, I'm looking at your picture right now. And she calls me Uncle Jim, and she's just, uh, uh, if her some guy wants to get to her, he's got to go through Uncle Jim because Uncle Jim will take care of him. No, not really. She's, we've become funny. really good buddies and friends and her parents, her her dad and her mom, Todd and Deetra Huckabee, they're just, uh, we just, we become kind of family and, and, uh, it's really cool. Also, I have uh, one other thing is Laura. Um, uh, I have a, I have a good friend of mine and, and, uh, I've been producing her and, and, uh, out of Tulsa and she's an older person. She's a nun. Mm-hmm. She's an England nun and her, she's got two boys and they're, uh, she's super talent too. And and uh, just uh, she does a deal calls Grandma sings. We did our fifth CD this year, so that's the two that I'm working with. Cassidy's my newest one, though. Well, I listened to the one song on YouTube, and I was really impressed. Land of the Wichita's. That's where we were, that's where we were yes, raised. Yes, I didn't want to misquote it. So that's why if, I didn't if you get, if you get on, go to YouTube, pull up Cassidy Taylor, mm-hmm. Land of the Wichita's. And leave a comment, or if you don't like it, that's okay, too. She's doing a little countryside there, but she and Tommy Wells, my friend there in Medicine Park, down by the land of the Wichita's in it, and uh, me, we wrote, we wrote the song. It's where we used to go fishing whenever I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Mm. Jimmy Jack, you performed for large audiences and small gatherings. You performed at our church, and I think there was maybe 30 people there. <laughs> we have a very small congregation, and yet on your website I've seen where you have performed for Thousands, no. thousands of people, and I'm curious to know when did you know that on the road singing ministry was God's call for your life? It, it's got to be kind of a lonely life in a lot of ways. To me, it's not lonely. I can't get out there enough because I got friends. I have friends in every town, Everywhere every city, now. almost every state. I play every state but Hawaii. Uh, it, it's absolutely not lonely. As a matter of fact, I crave the drive because it kind of gets me built up and pepped up and prayed up before I get into the next town and because uh, I wear myself out <laughs> mm-hmm. physically and and I've got so many friends that now that I just I can't remember their names I mean close friends I got family I can't remember their names <laughs> and and so so I love it I, I my son I got custody of my son when he was 10 and I got him through through high school and he got he was a major baseball player and he got college scholarships and everything and so he graduated in '03, and then I hit the road again full time. I was—I've been on it on the road three or four times. Once out of L.A. for about four years with a band called Renegade Band. We opened for a lot of people back then. Played the big, big fairs, and uh, then this time uh, I've been out on—I've been almost on the road solid for uh, since well, it'd be 12 years now. Mm-hmm. I haven't even. Oh, it's been a while then. Yeah, I—I I I mean, I have my little place in Nashville, and just what I do. I only have a couple minutes left, Jimmy Jack. I wanted to ask you quickly, or if you could tell us quickly, what advice do you have for young people who are seriously interested in pursuing songwriting as a career? Find out who writes your kind of music that's successful and emulate them. Don't have to be exact, but emulate them. Uh, find out what makes them tick. How did they get started? Everybody had to start from somewhere. Mm-hmm. That number one, but the number one thing 
is don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. That is the number one kicker. Oh, that's too many too many people doing it. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Set that, throw it out the window mm-hmm. and use and be positive. Just but learn. Never cease learning. I learn every day. And uh, but don't let anyone anyone tell you you can't do it. Even if you're not very good right now, doesn't matter. You learn, 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 and don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. Okay. Well, Jimmy Jack, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us today. It's just been wonderful. I'm sorry about the mix-up of three weeks ago, but it was worth it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was, a, for, it was a blessing so we could have him for, in the studio exactly, and get to meet yeah, him. And, see, and, oh, it's been fun. Everything, everything <laughs> works out in God's timing and in God's And family, always, so. I, I, and the, and <laughs> I, I said, don't let anyone tell you, you always pray. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I yeah. pray constantly. That's why I like being by myself driving for 12 hours. How can you stand that? God, that's when I'm closest to the Lord, I feel mm-hmm. like. You know, that's whenever I, me and the yep. Lord, I mean, I just talk to him all the time then. Exactly. Well, I would like to remind our listeners to go to Jimmy Jack's website, which is jimmyjackwhitaker.com. His CDs can be purchased from there. Uh, right, right. And uh, don't forget to sign up for the giveaway, which is, like we said earlier, a copy of Jimmy Jack's uh, book. I did fail to mention, however, that that giveaway will be open until Monday, the 6th of July at 8 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. So be sure and go over there to pattysheen.com and check that Blog Talk Radio tab, and you'll see the Lit Speak Literal Steel of the Week and mm-hmm. great big letters. You can't miss yeah, it. So can't be miss sure it. to sign up for Jimmy Jack's book because I've got a copy, and it's. Well, it's I'll tell you what, I'll give you another. Tab. I'll give you two copies. You can put two copies on there. All right. Okay. I'll give you another one. There All you right. go. See? Better chance. So, yes, yes. So, it's. <laughs> Listeners, did you hear that? Your chances is just doubled of winning a copy of Jimmy Jack's book. Thank you for your generosity, Jimmy Jack. And oh, you can pay me later. <laughs> <laughs> Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. So once uh, once again, we thank our listeners for listening to us next week. Yes. What are we doing next we, week? We have a lady by the name of Kelly Hall. She is a speaker, an author, and a blogger, and she is passionate about encouraging women to embrace a courageous and intimate walk of faith. Mm. She has written a book entitled Courageous Faith, and I think she'll be really interesting to talk to. I met uh, Kelly up at the Colorado Christian Writers Conference up there in Estes Park a few weeks ago, so I'm excited to have her. And in closing... As always, listeners, throughout the coming week, let your heart be open to what God is telling you through your imagination and act upon it. Thank you for listening. We look forward to having you back with us next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. God bless. There is a kingdom in every soul Some brightly burning, some dark and cold there is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a 